0: to what's going swan unbelievably we have reached episode nine and another episode in lockdown thanks for joining us today's theme of the episode is well-being uh really excited to be joined later by louis blake from erpium house uh, and also having our very own louise arnold on meet the swan another one of our energy contract enthusiasts so very look, very much looking forward to that i'm james as you know.
1: And I'm Amy. Um, and it's my my pleasure to start with the very exciting market know how.
0: It is. Build it build it up more, Amy. Build it up more.
1: <laughs> it's the market know
0: how. <laughs> wow, we got we got we got a jingle. Alex and be gutted he's not here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll go straight into it. Wholesale cost being slightly lower and um, when we look back at April. Um, it's all to do with coronavirus and the world continuing to prevent the spread of the disease um, means that we've got a significant reduction in oil demand. Um, Brent crude hovering around about $30 to $35 per barrel. Um, in April, I know it's a couple of weeks ago now, but I don't think we covered it off last month, but the April oil price for for one that's traded in the US actually dropped to negative figures. So, it Mm. meant that um, people were being paid to take oil away, which is just absolutely crazy times. And we've literally never seen um, anything like that before. Um, Because the oil price is so low and so stable at the moment, um, we've seen a reduction in wholesale gas prices as well. Uh, which is then um, fed through into lower electricity prices because the gas used in generation was slightly down uh, in April and May to around about a third from about 35% in March. Uh, Electricity prices, as I mentioned, are falling as well. And that's also to do with uh, wind contribution. Uh, So, we've got uh, a good level of wind contribution in the system. uh, And there's also an equivalent or almost equivalent amount made up of solar uh, and then we've still got about a third of the system as i mentioned on gas so it's the cheapest way of um, producing power we've had uh, lots and lots of days without coal on the system so as well as having a, an unprecedented drop in the oil price we've also had an unprecedented 18 days in april where there was no coal on the uk oh, 18 days Eighteen days and that is the longest period. The UK has been without coal since eighteen eighty
0: two. I'll tell you what, there's a stat. There's a stat. I
1: I <laughs> I'm all about the stats, James.
0: Yeah, on the on the subject of, on the subject of oil, my my mother in law was devastated. She lives out in uh Parheim in uh in, in, in Norfolk. Uh for those of you that listen to this who don't live in Norfolk. Uh and uh yeah she bought her oil probably just that little bit too soon. Oh no. So yeah, she bought some oil. Uh, for a group that she is part of. Uh, but she didn't, she didn't, she didn't get all of what she needed, and then she went and got some uh, about a month or so later, and it was like you know well over half the price.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Someone, um, someone in the village where I live actually also did something similar, and they got uh five hundred liters of oil for ninety eight pounds. Wow! Just uh, crazy times, absolutely. Yeah but but they won't really need that oil because it's time for the weather
0: <laughs> i was going to say i was wondering when it's coming
1: <laughs> the met office forecast for the next few weeks suggests mild conditions with light winds and above average temperatures so no need um to get that oil fired heating on No need for gas supplies to be used for heating, um, but because there's lighter wind, gas will then be used in generation. Um, We continue to see really good wholesale prices uh, at really historic, like low levels, lower levels than before even 2016, um, for the most part, from a wholesale perspective. So if you haven't started thinking about um, your renewals for 2020 and 2021, absolutely, now is the time to do it. Um, electricity we're not seeing quite as many savings as maybe you'd expect because of the third party costs uh, and the extra bits and pieces that are built into electricity bills but gas there are some great savings available even right out to you know um summer twenty one start dates so if you if you and your business want to capitalize on the lower cost then absolutely get in touch and we can um, sort something out because everybody needs to save as much money as possible at the moment
0: they do they do I'll tell you what you've nailed that weather. <laughs> you got, you, you know, you, there's a future there, Amy, maybe, as a, as a weather presenter, I feel. <laughs> Second career. Got it all down, the tone, everything. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Yeah. So that, that was good. And, and it's really kind of this theme of um, low oil price, low oil usage, um, low coal usage, increase in renewables, that kind of leads really nicely into my opinion piece Um today which as as we mentioned uh, prior to the podcast recording it's a blast from the past from round.
0: <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so, i mean newsround, i mean that was it when you were a kid wasn't it it was like i, think, yeah. I can't remember was it news news round then blue peter in that order i'm sure it was
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, i think it was yeah so news round has got got an article uh, about renewable energy and why does lockdown mean that we're actually using more of it and basically, uh, the, the theme of the, of the article is that um, we've got renewable energy comprising 40% of Britain's uh, electricity for the first three months of 2020, which has overtaken fossil fuels, so your gas, your coal, uh, oil, for the very first time. And um, wind farms have comprised the biggest source of that in terms of that generation mix. And then um, we've got research saying that also power usage by UK PLC is down since the, the lockdown began, and that's not really a surprise because we're all at home. So people that couldn't work in factories to begin with, all of their machines, computers, lights, heating, air conditioning, etc., in offices, factories, schools have all been turned off. Um, we're actually yeah. seeing the lowest electricity demand since 1982. So there's another stat for you.
0: Oh, the, st- the stats keep coming. I know what. What more could you want? Well, I know. Do you know what? I've, as, as you've been talking, uh, I've been I've logged onto the wonderful app, Amy. You told me to download the other month. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> and for those listening, it's called the National Grid ESO app. So if you uh, feel like downloading that through your uh, iPhone and any other phones that may be available in the marketplace, <laughs> please do because I find it uh, I find it extremely interesting. As for example, yesterday we had nine percent wind. Is this live?
1: There will be a lag on it, but it's it's. Um, I believe it's quite uh, current data, so it will be today or yesterday.
0: Yeah, so forty-four percent zero carbon, as and when that was last recorded.
1: Absolutely, but you have got to remember the caveat of zero carbon does include nuclear, yeah. so it's not necessarily renewable, which is what kind of the um, the news round piece is saying that we're actually seeing more green um, green power sources. And if you remember right back to I think maybe even episode one, episode two, we discussed the the distinction between. Um, green and renewable, yeah. uh, and, and the benefits around uh, choosing one fuel source over another and to do with um, carbon emissions and, and what you, you know, you're putting back into the system. But actually, I mean, I, I've noticed, I'm sure you have as well, James, since the lockdown began, haven't we had the most amazing weather?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm just working on the tan. <laughs> I've got know one to show it off to, except the wife. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, it has, and there can't be, you know, like I say, there can't be by accident. That's got to be that. There's got to be something in that for me because, yeah, the weather in April and May has been definitely above what I would normally say it is for those months.
1: Yeah, pollution levels in cities have dropped. You've got, um, you know, those almost infamous pictures of uh, the clear waters in Venice. Mm. Everything just to say that actually working from home and having a different outlook on life actually is quite a positive thing. And if it means that we're using less energy so that the electricity that we do need can come from renewable sources, well, surely that's a good thing as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, carbon was carbon was a big thing on the agenda before, uh, before uh, COVID-19 and before the lockdown. I think it's probably just probably raising up even more up that agenda now, uh, based based on what we're seeing. And I think coming out on the other side of this, there's going to be a lot more people making inquiries about that, uh, how they can maybe be more green and reduce their carbon and stuff like that. So uh, definitely encourage anybody to get in touch who's who's interested in sort of switching up to to being a little bit more green, a little bit more renewable, definitely.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, And yeah, so then the last point was just to say that um, we're still getting lots of offshore wind farms being built. So, even though there has been this kind of um, pause in our uh, industrial output, uh, we've still got large wind farms continuing to be built. We've got um, one in North Wales, uh, wait for my pronunciation, Quinty Moore, uh, is the fifth largest operating wind farm in the world. Um, and there's uh, going to be an extension to that next year. So there's going to be 107 new turbines added to that, wow. uh, which again, is, is uh, all the environmental benefits, but also really shows that there is continued um, investment and desire to just green up the electricity supply system, which is a great thing.
0: It is great. It is great. And do you know what, I mean, we spent nearly all our 10 minutes talking about energy, which I'm very proud of us for. You know, oh. no, no, normally we're normally we you know we're scraping around. Well, we're going to talk about energy, but we need something else. But you know what? We pretty much nearly the time. So, very briefly, because I know the buzzer will go at some point. Not an opinion piece, but it's just something that's probably quite topical at the moment. You know that 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 big question about when when is the right time to to return to the office if you are if you're office workers. It goes on. Obviously, uh, we have an office in the middle of the city, and it's a big part of, of who we are and our culture and, and all being together on a daily basis. But. You know, at the moment, oh, there it, look, there it is. I didn't even get to have an opinion. Well, I'm going to have my opinion very quickly and then I'll, uh, I'll ask you for your, for your comments, Amy. But, you know, we, we've been talking about this as a management team quite a, quite a bit recently and, and also with the team quite openly and honestly as well. But, you know, the amount of work that we need to go into opening an office at the moment is, is quite high. You know, whether it be screens, masks, um, hand sanitising units, all these sort of things. But, you know, a lot of those we, we will need anyway in the future. You know, as a company, you know, we have furloughed, have furloughed some of the swans as I've talked about before and, you know, and they've made a lot of sacrifice and, you know, we've been very tight with the finances to make sure that the company survives, make sure that everybody has a job when we get back to normal and, you know, the amount of investment that will, will be needed uh, in in that type of equipment is is fairly high when during uh, this period of time we really have found that, you know, working from home does work. You know, we miss each other. It's, it's, it's different from a cultural point of view, but we are very much keeping that alive. Um, so yeah, for me, it's a case that we will absolutely return to the office at some point, but there's certainly no rush for that. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't want to undo all the all the good work and all the defensive position that we've taken due to lockdown um, in order to install all of that stuff, if we're arguably saying that it's maybe not the safest workplace for people still at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely the, the right kind of cautious approach to take. Um, we've spoken, haven't we, James, about the possibility of individuals or a couple of people yeah. at a time returning. Early, uh, if if their kind of personal circumstances mean that they have to. Um, But I mean, for me, I I don't feel that there's a rush to get back to office life. But then also, I do wonder how city centres and the high street in general will recover if office workers work from home that little bit too long. Because why, why would a cafe open if there's no office staff? Um, no shoppers to to feed. Mm. Um, you know, Norwich Market, we've got a great market. I think it's got an, it's an award-winning outdoor market, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You think about all the food stores there, and they're just so reliant on
0: football. <laughs> the swans. From, from the swans,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are absolutely reliant on the swans. Um, but, but they're reliant on office workers coming back, so yeah. um, it's kind of weighing that up as well. Yeah, we we, we don't need to make the investment. In our office for ourselves but if we want to have small businesses and, and independent businesses to return yeah. back to you know it's kind of weighing that up as well isn't
0: it i think so and it's, it's fine to have medium like you say and it, whether it be 10 of us to maybe go back initially or just a couple of people that go back initially it's, it's in the waters isn't it and, and seeing what yeah. works obviously with, with shops opening as of the um as of the 15th of june in most cases um i think that will be a big test to see how that goes to see how that works you know if we're getting more people back on the high street, and I'm sure there'll be people out there taking advantage of the sales. Let's be fair. Um, you know, and, and the R number stays, stays stays down, then you know that's a good test, and it and it, it maybe makes people feel that you know working offices uh, maybe that just that little bit safer to to return to some level of normality. And and like you say, you know, supporting the local economy and supporting those local small businesses is vitally important. Um, you know, for the for the future of the, well the country, but from our point of view, definitely the future of Norfolk. Uh, and and Norwich in particular, and in, as far as the high street goes. So, yeah, it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's finding the right time, making the right decision, and just just doing it gradually. But um, we'd welcome anybody's opinion on that. So, you know, if anybody does have an opinion on that, or or what are you doing as a business if you work in an office? Or, or, um, you know, feel free to get in touch with us at uh, hello at and we'd we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and I'm sure uh, during the course of the next few months, we may have some blogs or pieces going out on this as well, because for me personally, I'd, I'd love to hear what other businesses are thinking and uh, what their plans are as far as returning to office life. We are now on that part of the show where we get to meet the swan. Uh, today, we are joined by Louise Arnold, who's an energy contract enthusiast at Indigo Swan. Louise, how you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Good, good doing This remotely again from different houses, it's good fun isn't
2: it? Yeah, it is absolutely. It's um, I didn't even realize that we could record podcasts this way. oh
0: modern technology, Louise. Modern technology. No, right. <laughs> um, do, you, do you want to introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do in the Indigo one?
2: Yeah, of course. So, uh, as James's leader team, I'm an energy contract enthusiast, that means I'm very enthusiastic about energy contracts. Um,
0: <laughs> absolutely.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's how I always like to describe myself, to be honest. Um, so I am an account manager, essentially. I look after um, different types of clients all around the UK. I even have uh, a, a meter over in Ireland as well. So, you know, I like to try and go international at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's account management. Um, I look after all your contracts. I am your first point of call. Um, if you have any questions or problems or, you know, you just want a general chat, you know, that kind of thing, I'm, I'm quite happy to have
0: a chat as well. Amazing. Good stuff. So obviously we're all working from home in the moment. Um yep. different, different situation. Uh so what what's what's something that you've learned since you've since you've been working from home?
2: Uh I think that I I quite enjoy working from home. It's quite nice because I have felt very productive. I've been able to really get my head down, the distractions are much less around here, apart from maybe looking out the window or my cat, if we get like the postman come over, she kind of growls at them. Um, she's a bit distracted and not particularly yeah. helpful, but you know, she's a kind of guard cat, I guess, but yeah, I, I've kind of learned that I, I can really kind of get my head down and get a lot of stuff achieved, um, with the limitations that working from home give you, um, you know, we don't have access to a printer, um, or anything like that, but we've made it work. Um, and we've worked really hard as a team, which is really great. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's much easier than I thought it was going to be. I was quite apprehensive about
1: doing it, but it's kind of worked out okay so far. Good stuff. That's great. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, what have you been doing to look after your well-being during the lockdown? And and this might be an excellent opportunity for you to uh, tell us about your therapeutic wallpaper stripping.
2: Well, absolutely. So uh, we, we were in the midst of planning a extension on the back of our house, which would um, have a new kitchen diner room um, and as part of that we need to redo all of the living room as well um, so I've lived in this house for almost four years um, and we've decorated most of it apart from the living room and the kitchen and the living room is really beautifully decorated I mean is sarcasm being picked up on on this I don't know <laughs> um, it, it's kind of like a mulberry colored wallpaper but then like bright blue carpet and it's Ooh. Yeah, we've lived with it for four years and I'm getting a bit tired of it. So I thought, you know, whilst we're on lockdown, this is the opportune moment for for me to strip all the wallpaper off. Um, And unfortunately, I've discovered that (laughs) I've made my living room look even
3: worse.
2: Um, Who'd have thought? I, I honestly didn't think I could. So I've actually discovered that the previous occupants who haven't decorated the room in about 19 years clearly let their kids loose with um a bunch of red and black and kind of yellow and brown paint and they've decided to like paint i guess murals of a sort but a lot of kind of freaky <laughs> yeah characters. We, we,
0: we've seen them and we know a bit freaky
2: yeah oh yeah and it's 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 the ones where they've then drawn faces on them that really give me the creeps um <laughs> how many people are in the uh, in the mural family <laughs> that well, there's currently there was there were six people. Um, one including one which got drawn with a moustache, which was lovely. So they're like stick figures, and then they just seem to have done like these. I guess they're like mid height on the wall, but they're just. I, I don't know whether or not they're like humans or something else. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but they they have very dark eyes and they stare at you, and yeah, they're just creepy kind of human-looking things that. Um, yeah, when, when I start stripping a wall, I'm a bit like, oh, what's going to be underneath this? And you kind of think, oh, this this patch is okay. And then you go a bit further and you're like, oh, God. <laughs>
0: <No>. oh, <laughs> you know, we can't wait.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. I've got two large walls to finish, and I think there's going to be some corkers on there. I really hope um, so.
0: <laughs> I hope so. Anyone interested in what, what they look like, if you, if you go to Indigo Swan's Instagram account and go back to our Freaky Friday challenge, you'll see them. they are there they are there in all their glory
1: yeah they
0: are that's amazing (laughs) amazing so on the the subject of freaky uh would you rather have scales or fur and why
2: i'd much rather have fur that's that's an easy one um
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) that's the most confident answer we have had yet
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's because i'm i get quite cold and i imagine having fur would leave me really warm all the time. Makes sense now. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Louise gets cold.
2: (laughs) I'm the coldest person in the office. I'm the one with the hot water bottle, even in summer.
0: See, that's another perk of lockdown. You can control your own temperature.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I actually got a beautiful indigo swan-themed long, like extra long hot water bottle that got gifted (laughs) to me. (laughs) Actually, I'm using it now as well.
0: There you go. Amy, Amy, looking after you at home or in the office.
1: exactly. So in addition to your um, lovely full-body hot water bottle and uh, your wallpaper stripper, (laughs) can you have two essential items for you during lockdown?
2: Two essential items?
1: Uh, What can you not live without
2: during lockdown? Okay, well, definitely. um, (laughs) You guys are going to laugh at this. So I've now discovered that I've got a thermos mug at home So it means that my coffees don't get cold. (laughs) Wow. I think
0: it's only because I'm working so
2: hard that I forget to drink my coffee.
0: (laughs) Does it take you a long time to drink? Does it take you a long time to drink your coffee?
2: I am well known in the office to only drink about half a cup every time. It's because I forget about it and it gets cold and I don't want to drink cold coffee.
0: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, now you see, you were bringing that back in the office with you, weren't
2: you? I will be, absolutely.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And what was what was this? Was the second essential item? Oh,
2: second. <sighs> I don't know. I can't think of anything.
0: That's
1: fine. We'll, we'll stick with the, the anything that makes you hot. So thermos for your coffee and hot water bottle for your soul. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, you've been in to go to one a while now, which is great. A lifer, as I like to call it. Um, what's what's Funniest memory you have of working in Indigo's one up to this point?
2: <sighs> There's quite a few to be fair. I mean, definitely up there was when Leanne and Jenny decorated Lee's desk, but covered everything in wrapping <laughs> paper. I mean, I've I've never seen anything like it, and it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's just like all the times um when we've had like previous colleagues who are well known for walking into things and like batting their heads quite a lot and just every time they come in yeah. they'd like, oh, i've just hit my head on the door they just um, make me <laughs> laugh,
0: a God, I just yeah. laugh a lot it's funny <laughs> yeah not naming names but it was a treat <laughs> but, yeah, in, in fairness though we have we've we had some funny past and present colleagues
2: yeah absolutely right.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah, on Lee's desk, uh, just just to give a bit of information, uh, Leanne and in wrapped in Christmas wrapping paper at Christmas, but everything, including individual pens, <laughs> which Leanne specifically brought her grandma in to do.
2: Yeah, Leanne's nan did that. Yeah, that was that was absolutely <laughs> amazing. I and mean,
1: we hands down to them that that took real dedication. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was amazing.
1: I want to ask what is going to, I think, become my favourite question of uh, the Meet the Swan section. Mm. Louise, can you rank these forms of potatoes <laughs> from worst to first? Worst to first. Yeah, your potatoes to be ranked are baked, mash, fries, boiled,
0: and roast. Yeah, so starting with your worst.
1: So my worst would be boiled.
0: Well done. Yeah, of course it is.
2: <laughs> they don't have a lot of flavour, do they? Let's be honest. No, not at all. Up there then would be baked because, again, not a huge amount of flavour. You have to add things to a baked potato to make it kind of edible. And if you don't bake the potato long enough, that's rank. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, and then – oh, this is a tough one. Oh, this is where it gets interesting. I know. I, I'm i going to go with mash because I'm not a massive fan of mashed potato and it's only really been in the last – well, basically ever since I've been with Carl – that I've actually eaten mashed potato and not felt like I was going to vomit. Because <laughs> it, he adds in like you know butter and milk and salt yeah. and actually makes it edible. So that's that's clearly the secret to it. So. Well, he's done a
0: good job. Plus, you know, it's come in the top three.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, top three. Oh. So then, fried versus roast. God, that's that's a toughie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my days. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna have to go roast and then fries. Fried fried potatoes. Yeah. They're the way to go.
0: Amazing. There we go.
1: Just any kind of tips. Yeah. Uh, on the on the mash situation, I was watching um, Great British Menu when they did some some you know, fancy mashed potatoes, and it was sixty percent butter.
0: <gasps> nice. that's no that's not mashed potato, that's mashed butter.
1: That is mashed butter. That's that's <laughs> like not... mashed butter
0: with added potato.
1: <laughs> but that's <laughs> what makes mashed potato delicious,
0: is well yeah, I know, but Only if it's more than fifty percent of the ingredients, that's what you're mashing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Fun times.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Um, No, if you so you had the imagine you had the entire world's attention for thirty seconds. Oh God. Okay.
2: Yeah. What What would you say? Uh, I'd like I I wouldn't be able to say anything for about fifteen seconds because I'd be like, okay, (gasps) everyone's listening and like my fear would be at like its peak and then I'll just say something like "Ah," and no um I would (laughs) (laughs) I would love to say something like you know be kind to everybody because that that last you know this this last year that that be kind um you know has been really important and and kindness really helps so many people out and it's it's so easy to be kind to other people and it's th- such hard work to be horrible and i don't understand why people are so you know and particularly now you know in these weird times yeah. being kind to each other is so important
0: absolutely absolutely love it
1: what do you like to what do you like uh, again apart from you know wallpaper stripping <laughs> uh what do you like to do to relax in your free time so um
2: i share a couple of ponies um and they have been an absolute lifesaver and making sure I can relax and stay chilled out because they still need looking after and it means that I get to spend an hour wandering around in the fresh air with them, which is lovely. I've got two. Um, One of them is called Bevan. He's a Welsh Section D, Bright Bay uh, kind of pony. So I get to ride him um, and he's just lovely, proper chilled out, loves a good, you know, walk and uh, can't wait to get back out in in the country um once lockdown's finished. And then he has a stable mate who's the cutest <laughs> little pony oh. I've ever seen he's called oreo and he's a miniature shetland and he i was grooming him this morning and he just loves it he he, um was like probably like getting into it and like then trying to groom me as well and yeah he's so cute (laughs) so they they keep me uh killed out definitely
0: for those listening if you've just joined us oreo is a horse (laughs) um i was concerned after you said that he was grooming you before we better
1: yeah probably (laughs) want to clarify that (laughs) I think the inappropriate grooming of Louise and Oreo might be the end of the Meet the Swan section.
0: (laughs) On that note. What a note to finish on. On that note, uh, Louise, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for inviting me. I've really enjoyed this.
0: Good stuff, so have we. Joining us next time on uh, Meet the Swan uh, will be the wonderful Head of Client Services, Thomas Sebbings. Very much looking forward to having him on here and seeing what he's got to say in next month's Meet the Swan. Right, it's now time for that part of the show where we introduce our special guest. I'm delighted to say that today we are joined by Louis Blake, founder of Erpingham House and the Vegan Dough Company. Uh, Erpingham House, for those of you that don't know, is a wonderful restaurant right in the heart of Norwich, uh, where Indigo Swan are based as well. There's great things, uh, celebrating all things vegan, uh, and I can speak for myself, I've been there a number of times, the the food is sensational. Uh, So welcome, Louis, how are you doing? Thanks,
3: James, I'm great, thank you. How's it going?
0: Yeah, good mate, good. You know, bedded in as I was saying to the to the new normal uh, for the t- for the time being. Uh, how, how are you finding it in uh, in general?
3: I've got I've got to say I'm actually really enjoying the the change of pace. So having more time to plan and you know perhaps visit things that I wasn't able to to do before when things were busy. So um, yeah, the novelty's starting to wear off as it goes on, but um, <laughs> yes. it's, it's been some good time to kind of yeah take up some uh, some new things.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. And just for those uh, people listening to the podcast that, that may not know who you are, um, did you want to just maybe give a little bit of a background about yourself and, and, and the companies that you're involved in?
3: Yeah, I think I think you summed it up quite well. So I founded Irpingham House uh, a couple of years ago now. We've got a restaurant in Norwich and a restaurant in Brighton. Um, I have a digital brand, pizza delivery in Norwich in London called Vegan Doco. Um, you have a football academy in Norwich as well called Future Football Elite, which is a kids' football program. And I'm a partner in a, a vegan restaurant chain in London called By Chloe.
0: Amazing. Safe to say, you are a busy man, Louis.
3: <laughs> I've been a little
0: bit less busy since this uh, situation. Well, yeah. <laughs> which nice. But
3: uh, normally, yeah, normally pretty
0: busy. That's absolutely true. And, and, and I know you're quite, you're quite big on your well-being and uh, things like that as well. So I suppose my first question, since since COVID nineteen has started and we've been on the lockdown, what what, what sort of things have you been doing? Uh, maybe that you were doing before, but any new things that you're doing to sort of really. You know, help with your well-being during what is for a lot of people a fairly challenging time.
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm I'm quite I'm quite uh, consistent with my morning routine. Anyway, I'm up at five and I have a kind of an hour and a half, two hours in the morning, first thing. I kind of I let that slip a little bit the first week of lockdown when things were kind of chucked out of sync. But I've picked that back up, and I found that's really been really useful of kind of grounding me. But one of the things I've added to that is is breath work. So I've I've followed, followed Wim Hof for a while love the stuff he puts out. And he did a live Instagram uh, when this thing first started. And I've been using that every day, every morning. Uh, I've added that to my routine. And that's been, now I've got a bit more time. That's been a really, uh, a really good one uh, I've I found. And also a bit more time for running. I, I, I do really enjoy running, but I tend to only really fit it in a couple of times a week. Whereas during lockdown, I've been pretty much going out every day. Um, so it's been great to have more time to, uh, to, to do those things. Amazing.
0: Um, and I think, yeah, like you say, you've, I've heard you speak about your morning ritual before, and um, you're very disciplined with it. Um, what well, I suppose, you, like you said, you had a bit of a blip maybe at the beginning. What, what, what did, what was, what went through your mind? I suppose, and what got you back on track in order to say, you know, even though the world is slightly different, I still need to be doing this.
3: Well, you know what it was. I was. I was getting up later and I was still doing my routine but I was doing it later in the day and the knock-on effect of that was I wasn't as tired in the evening so I'd sit up and sometimes I'd read granted but sometimes I'd you know get roped into watching series after series yeah. I had a couple of weeks of watching a lot of TV which I don't normally do and then I I kind of took a step back and and recognized how important my routine had been not just in the terms of the discipline that it gave me but Also, because of the behavior that it caused in terms of not sitting up late and not necessarily, you know, what I was viewing as a lot of wasted time uh, in the evening. So, yeah, I think, you know, for a couple of weeks where it's confusing for people, it is very easy to let go of things that that you'd normally do, which are helpful. Um, And it was fine for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, I found since I've been back into it, um, it's definitely helped regiment my days a little bit more and, and keep a bit of a structure to things.
1: And then um, moving on from that, uh, you know, returning to uh, some level of normality in terms of your own personal uh, routine and um, the way that you carry out your, yourself uh, every day. Once lockdown is lifted and we get back to to work, whatever new normal looks like, what are the things that you think that businesses need to think about, especially from a well-being perspective, to help employees readjust themselves to w- what the new normal looks like?
3: Well. I think first and foremost, um, employees of the future, whenever you're you know, speaking to a new company, and this is one for people that that you know, potentially going to new employment, is look at how companies treated their employees during this downtime. I think that speaks volumes in terms of the kind of companies that we should be aligning ourselves with and working with. Um, for us and for me in particular, I think it's understanding that in order for our employees to be effective in their jobs, they have to be happy and fulfilled in themselves. Uh, and you know we have to also recognise our role as employers to help facilitate that. So um, it's checking in, it's asking the right questions, but it's also giving the tools and um, we little tactics that we've employed, like having a, having a bit of a book club, and having a weekly check in. We have a weekly live medit- guided meditation that we do. So I think it's it's understanding holistically um, that it's not just a job spending. 20, 40, sometimes more hours a week somewhere with the people. It's more like a family. So, as a family, we have to support each other outside of what traditionally has just been a job role. Um, so, I, I, I think employers in, in general are going to have to look at their well being of, the, of their teams a lot closer. I mean, in a literal sense, there's naturally going to be a knock on effect, particularly those in hospitality in my industry, um, with regards to safety and hygiene in yeah. the business. We're expecting there to be, you know, social distancing measures in place for a while. There's going to have to be more stringent cleaning uh, measures in place. Um, and I think it's going to be on, on people's mind when they are interacting with businesses, what measures the business is taking to protect them and the employees. Yeah.
0: Have you, have you started to have a think around the, the, the measures that you feel you probably have to take within the businesses that you
3: have? Yeah. I mean, we're obviously looking at what other countries are doing that have opened already. I think that you can use that as a little bit of a guideline. I think we're looking at how we manipulate our space to be able to facilitate um, a volume of people that will allow us to trade and operate, but one that also allows for the what I would consider to be uh, the likely measures to come into action. So, you know, tables two meters apart, yeah, a certain amount of people in the building at one time. I mean, we're quite fortunate with the building in Norwich that it's a fairly large building. Brighton will present uh, different challenges, and in London we've actually traded throughout. We've actually scaled up our business, so we've been looking focusing on more of a delivery model, uh, and, and with that, it's it's contactless collection, um, it's um, pre-order, and it's looking at how that that will play out as as time goes on.
0: I think that's great. I, I, like you say, it's, it's great to see the restaurant, you know, industry doing a lot of innovative things during this time, which you know potentially they can uh, grow on going forward. And you, you, you sort of touched upon the um the, the well being side of things. Uh, and we, you know, we've seen some food challenges and bits and pieces like that that you've been doing on social media and stuff. Um, you know, with with, with the restaurants you own and things like that, and the cooking. What do you think it is about cooking that, that helps people with their well being? Because it's certainly become a more a more popular route for people that, that, that are really looking to improve their well-being. They, you know, they get there and they do a bit of cooking, and it really sort of calms them. Um, what's, what's your view on that?
3: I think food in, I think looking at food differently, I mean I think I feel like we're starting to recognise that it's 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 more difficult to be in a positive mindset when you're in a compromised body. If you've got aches, pains, um, you know, an uncomfortable stomach. You're uh, you're lightheaded. You're you know, or you're you're ill for the for, for for the best way of putting it. It's much harder to be in a in a, in a positive and and happy mindset, and consuming nourishing um foods is is going to help that. I think when it comes to cooking, it's it's connecting ourselves back with the food we're eating. I think that's not just in terms of how we cook, but also how we eat. Uh, mindful eating is, is is a big one. You know, rather than sitting there not looking at your food, not connecting with your food and just scoffing it down mouthful after mouthful while watching something, you're completely disconnected from the process of eating. Whereas when you're, you know, really properly chewing your foods, breathing in breathing properly as you eat, um, choosing what to eat with what, um, this is certainly impacts our health. Uh, and cooking in general, I think with people where people have had more time, um, it looks like, and we, we can see that from the challenges that we've put out, more people are cooking at home, which is great. you know, And, and, it, and it gets yeah. kids interested in, in, in what they're eating and the process of how food is cooked. I mean, typically, if you're eating at home, um, as opposed to where take, most takeaways aren't necessarily healthy, you're perhaps using a bit less oil. You can control the portion sizes, the ingredients a little bit better. Um, and I think you know cooking in general is 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 an almost a meditative practice I mean I've definitely done a lot more cooking during this lockdown period and it's been a great way to kind of chill out and uh, and be more present
1: you mentioned um earlier about your meditation with with your team and and the weekly catch ups that you have but how have you as a as a leader how have you found the remote management of your teams during this lockdown period have you have you enjoyed it have you found it like a massive challenge um what, what's your take on actually looking after your your staff and leading them when you can't see them every day
3: I think it's been an opportunity to understand how that will work and how you know how we can potentially digitalize um, an element of, of leadership going forwards um, it's definitely been a challenge I'm, I'm I'm the kind of person that likes to be face to face and be able to you know have an in-person conversation but I also recognize that, you know, at this time when it is very uncertain, the need for regular updates, because nobody really knows what's going on too far ahead. But it's important that we share what we do know and we, and we discuss it and we create, a, we create a space for people to ask questions and we, and we share where we're going with things. So yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. Um, but I, I do feel that, that particularly for me, a challenge for me personally, where you've got businesses in multiple cities, it's not always possible to be there in person. It's definitely been a useful uh, exercise to, uh, to to practice more of a uh, a management style away from uh, physical interaction.
0: What, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've you've learned over the last seven to eight weeks?
3: I think um, diversification for hospitality is a massive one. So, I mean, we we look at traditionally we look at revenue. We don't look at revenue per square foot. So I'm looking at how digitalization of our, of, our, of our offerings, so obviously scale that side of things, but equally how we look at our building and how we can kind of juice the building and the space we're in um, has been a massive realization for me. And it's led us to look at changing our business model when we reopen to focus more on not just in-house dining in the space, but how we can use a space, all of the space and use it when we're not normally open. So having an e-commerce platform built into our website that can sell products, both food-based and non-food-based, having more delivery concepts in the same kitchen, having a create, potentially creating co-working space. Um, it's really given us kind of a, an opportunity to take a step back and and look at the business differently. Um, I would never have considered, considered the need to digitalize the restaurant business that being said, I'm seeing some amazing mm. innovation from different brands in terms of how they're being able to ride this wave and keep the cash cash flow uh coming in um and it's been inspiring to see and it's something that we want to act upon so it's the, yeah i would I would say the realization to get more out of our our physical location and then yeah. to take part of our offering online
0: yeah, it's, it's an exciting time in a lot of ways
3: yeah, definitely you know I think a lot of us that have digitalized what we're doing would wouldn't probably have got around to it otherwise. Um, so it's been a really, it's been an enjoyable challenge to, to some degree.
0: Oh, it's okay. I'm, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to carry on. Um, I, had, I had one last question, I suppose, really. How much are you missing football?
3: <laughs> oh, don't. I, I, do you know what? We've been doing, actually, we've been doing, a, with our academy, we've been doing live Zoom sessions. So we've, oh, got, around, we've, we've got around 300 kids um, that that train every week. And we expected the uptake to be 10% probably. Yeah. But we've averaged 95 kids per session three times wow. a week. It's been inc- wow. it's been incredible. And just seeing how enthusiastic the kids have been in joining in, how you know, how disciplined they've been in terms of practicing at home, sharing their videos with us. And by default, this has boosted our online presence, but it's also allowed us to continue that support for the kids at home. So we've been issuing weekly challenges that they've been taking part in, but then they've had their regular sessions that they can keep training and keep active. And I'm sure that's been a bit of a, uh, a godsend for lots of parents that, <laughs> yeah, are, uh, <laughs> that, are, uh, that are running out of ideas. So no, I think, I think it's been, I think it's been great.
0: Mate, that's great. Um, I, so I have a huge amount of respect for everything you do, you know, within the restaurant trade and, and, and within the football as well. You know, I know a few, a few parents of kids that, that attend these things that you do. So yeah, keep it all up. Like I say, uh, good luck and all the best for the, uh, for the next few weeks of, of the lockdown and, and, and what comes after that um, we have lunch and learns within within Indigo Spawn whether that be in the office or virtually and uh, I'll most definitely be coming to you to come and do one of those because I think a lot of the content that you had today a lot of the things you said today would be really interesting to the rest of the team so uh, uh, I'll be in touch regarding that most definitely
3: no great thanks thanks mate it's been great to speak to you will really appreciate it
2: thanks Louis
0: Thanks for joining us for the latest episode of What's Going Swan. Join us again in June, where I'm excited to say the theme for the episode will be leadership. Uh, Guest to be confirmed, but excited to see who we can get on to talk about all things leadership next month. Again, as a reminder, on Meet the Swan, we'll have Tom Sebbings, Head of Client Services. And as always, we'll have our market know how with Amy and a couple of opinion pieces to spark some debate. Look forward to speaking to you guys then. Thanks for joining us as always.